Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 1, What I Did on My Summer Vacation, and Other Stories. Mary, what happened this week? Kelly's feeling weird about telling all their friends she and Brandon have been seeing each other. But the Walshes are aware enough that they call Kelly's when they want to talk to their son. Also, she's wearing his socks, so I guess you can say things are getting serious. <laughs> Brandon runs into David at the airport and fills him and us in on the fact that Brenda's never ever coming back and someone new is moving into her room. Of which, my favorite detail is the certificate of recognition with Brenda's name on it. <laughs> Dylan is drunk on the beach in Baja with what looks like all his stuff, and might be. Donna and Kelly apparently had a fight this summer, and now their hairdressers are conspiring to repair their friendship and give them drastic haircuts. Love that shoulder-length cut on Kelly, though. Donna apologizes to Kelly, and then they just make up. The hairdressers are like, you're welcome. Pay us. (laughs) Donna had a good time in Texas this summer. There was a country club and a lake and barbecues and cute boys with cute accents. Also, David is totally out of her life forever now. Kelly fills Donna in on Valerie, whose plane still has yet to land. She's um, the Walsh's friends from New York's kid. By the way, that's why their friends in New York were important. (laughs) (laughs) Guess who's also at the airport? Steve. And he's with that guy with the square haircut from the Radio Shack commercials. Howie Long is Steve's newest celebrity buddy. Um, Steve had a nice little summer fling in Hawaii until he didn't. Afterwards, he did some soul searching and came to the realization that he's still in love with Kelly Taylor. Andrea gets to take her baby home after three months in the NICU. She meets another preemie mom and tells what she did this summer with almost losing her baby again. Um, They had tried to take Hannah home a month ago, and then Andrea thought something was wrong again, and no one listened again, and then the baby was sick again. She fully advocates for standing up for your baby's health because you're literally all they have, and baby Hannah is adorable. David shows Kelly a video he made about CU, and I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Apparently, it was an A-minus video. I wouldn't have given it that. Anyway, since David can't do radio, he's going to try out TV at his professor's encouragement. David doesn't want to go to the barbecue at the Walsh's because he doesn't want to see Donna and ruin her night. Smart, but bold of you to assume she gives a shit. (laughs) Brandon's goatee gets thicker every scene. He talks to Kelly about meeting Valerie and breaking the news of them dating to Steve. Then he leaves to pick Kelly up for the barbecue, but Steve is there trying to lay Kelly. They break the news to him and promise to introduce Steve to all of the other girls that exist, but also Valerie. Dylan meets up with a guy to settle his tab because he's kind of been on a bender. He leaves his watch with the guy as collateral because he literally has no money left to pay his tab. Steve is very good at opening a jar and impresses Valerie. Also, he does okay at basketball, but then they show Brandon be good at basketball, so it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Kelly shares a very personal detail about Valerie's past with Donna, and then they all go out to a club where Jesse works. And all of their dresses are adorable. (laughs) Steve is pretty smooth with Valerie, but she keeps looking at Brandon's goatee like she wants to lick it. (laughs) Dylan is back home and he's a mess. He has a missed call from Brenda and Brandon and his mom. 
Uh, he's sad that Brenda isn't coming home, and his mom called him stupid, so I'm not okay with that. Um, Andrea calls Jesse at the bar, because that's what you do. Um, Jesse gives her Donna to talk to, because he's he's at work, okay? <laughs> Donna sees David at the club, and apparently there's still more feelings happening than she wants to admit. Donna calls Kelly to talk about those feelings, and... There's a sentence I didn't finish writing. <laughs> Brandon has Jack and Jill bathroom talk time with Valerie, and apparently she's the fifth grader who taught him to kiss. I wrote that down. Valerie goes into her room and calls her friend Ginger to complain about how square everyone is while rolling a joint and holding a phone with her shoulder at the same time. She's kind of a badass. And that's all I have. <laughs> no. I wrote that down. I was like, Valerie is the first girl Brandon Brandon kissed. And is this her fault? It has to be. It has to be her fault. Why? <laughs> we haven't seen her kiss yet, though. So maybe it wasn't, like, her fault necessarily. Well, and I feel like we've talked about this before. Where, like, you know, maybe she taught him, like, how to kiss as a fifth grader. And then, like, she evolved. And right. he was just like, no, I got it. <laughs> I never need to learn. Because, like... Only had one lesson. (laughs) Every time, I think it was, like, very particularly at the club, he and Kelly would kiss, and, like, he'd be eating her face, and then she'd be smacking her gum, and I was like, oh, my God, they're they're actually, like, kind of perfect together, and it's weird. I kind of, kind of ship it. I can't decide, so, I hated this episode. (laughs) I really did, and I think that's going to, like, kind of color my opinion Mm. of Brelly. Belly. Belly. The only thing I don't like about Belly is Brandon's goatee. Oh, 100%. (laughs) That goatee has no place in this relationship. Oh, my God. It was so bad. Literally, like, I think you see it maybe a minute in, Mm -hmm. and that was when I, like, had to stop the episode and take a picture and be like, guys, what is happening? (laughs) Like, you have to wonder what the thought process was. Like, even, it's the dead of summer. Why do you need more warmth on your face? You don't. Well, and like, is he going to keep this for the season? Is he going to shave it off next episode? Like, I know that in TV, continuity with facial hair is a pain in the butt. So why would you do this? I really hope it was only to show the passage of time. That and like, maybe this is what relaxed summer Brandon is like he just grows facial hair but then he's got to look all task forcey for the rest of the school year and shave it off so next episode it's going to be a a plot point that he has shaved off his goatee and he's back to work we're gonna see it I feel like we're gonna see it they're gonna give us a scene of him shaving the goatee relaxed and Brandon in the same sentence just like (laughs) killed me (laughs) I mean you truly like so the episode opens And it's at the Walsh house and Cindy is like straightening up Brenda's room and being like, oh my God, we have to get to the airport because someone is flying home Mm -hmm. and we assume it's going to be Brenda until they, you know, spoil that it isn't. And it's kind of weird that they're like, are we sure that Brandon's going to meet us at the airport? We should call him. Right. Like that transition was stupid. It was dumb and a little out of character because that would have been like... Brandon's so reliable, you know, like he's the one that would beat them to the airport or something like so. Yes, it was dumb, but it only served to be a transition to when we see Brandon and Kelly together. And yeah, Kelly answers the phone like totally. Oh, hey, Mrs. Walsh. And like she's like clearly got like a sleep voice going on. And so it was weird 
that it was so casual. But then I actually thought they had some pretty good chemistry here. The whole sock thing was actually adorable. Oh, and maybe so that's just adorable. Jenny Garth being adorable. And maybe that's why I liked it. But I just thought it was cute. Like, I do have your socks. Like, my feet were cold. <laughs> yeah. You better come get them. Like, I don't know. It's just cute. No. She's truly precious. Yeah, she is. Um, Totally unrelated to that. Did y'all see when, like... We first get over there and like Kelly is answering the phone, Brandon jumping into his pants. <laughs> I did not, but I've tried that before. I, I had to I had to rewind so that I could get a picture of his goatee. <laughs> so I just kept seeing him jump into his pants. I was like, why is he doing this? The only pants I've ever been successful with physically jumping into were sweatpants. I know. These are like chinos. I know. <laughs> it's like, how did he do that? He's bad at basketball, but good at jumping into pants. Oh, no, it is, it's, it's the Brandon we know and love mm-hmm. once we get to the scene. Cause like, yeah, you know, the Walsh's call and Kelly picks up the phone. He's like, no, no, no I'm not here. Because of course, like, I kind of wish she had said like, your mom wants to make sure you're going to be at the airport and then him do his like sassy little, no mom, I'm not going to be at the airport. Yeah. Like, no, I wasn't planning on going like something dumb. Yeah. But he does blame Kelly for making him late. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that feels right. That does feel right. Mm-hmm. That she would be to blame, but it was with her womanly wiles. So. How dare you? <laughs> My favorite part about that argument is he's like, no, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, how weird would it be to be, they're like 19. Yeah. And to have your parents calling, in this case, your boyfriend, knowing that like you slept over at his house for a very specific purpose. Like, that makes me uncomfortable. It makes me really glad that I live in the age of cell phones. Oh, totally. Like, just call me. And like texting. Yeah. Like, because I feel like that was, like my mom would have texted rather than called, especially if it was early. Like presumably it was early. So yeah, thank God for technology, man. Yeah. I just had this whole moment of like, my parents don't need to be, like, I don't want them in that space. No, 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 no. No, they don't need to be there. Yeah. I mean, like, just like Brandon's goatee, they don't need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Brandon even says... Like, this is where we find out that Brandon and Kelly have been seeing each other all summer, but they haven't told anybody because everyone's been gone. And then Brandon's like, well, we can just break up and then we don't have to tell anyone. It's like, you are such a pain in the butt. He's just unnecessary with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. He's constantly so sassy. And I'm like, it's too sassy. Right. Just dial it back a little, bro. Right? Like, literally in this scene, he blames her for being late and is like, well, we can just break up and then you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, no, you get one joke and then everything else like should be cute. <laughs> right. Exactly. Make me like you. Balance it with some sincerity, please. Yeah. Right. right. Like give me an all seriousness kind of line here. It's like, um, oh gosh, I don't remember what her name was in New Girl when Nick starts dating that other bartender who's always so sarcastic. And he's mm. like, I can never tell if she's being serious or not. Cause he's like, yeah, we should go on a date. And she's like, yeah, we should. And he's like, so are are we? <laughs> I just feel like that's if if that was done to Brandon, he would react the same way. He'd be like, wait, wait, are you serious? Are, are you not serious? But yet he expects to be able to be sarcastic to everybody else and they should get it. Yeah. He does make it to the airport. Yep. It doesn't matter because the flight is apparently so delayed that they could like literally leave the airport, go get a meal and come back. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Um because later on we see them like just sitting at a restaurant and whatever watching the Vikings game or something but they end up running into David at the airport and David's gotten taller 
Or Brandon's gotten shorter. I Yeah, I love to think that Brandon just got shorter, but David did get taller. And this is where also David makes a crack about his facial hair. I forget exactly what he said. Oh, he made a joke. He was like, oh, you work at the coffee shop now or something? Which I was like, wait, is that insinuating the coffee shop, the gay coffee shop? Or just people who work at coffee shops have goatees? I don't know. Regardless, it was funny. (laughs) I would love it if Brandon decided to take the summer to go get a cappuccino. (laughs) (laughs) And only a cappuccino. I mean, yeah, I guess this is a uh, good point to say that uh, this episode is written by Larry Mullen and Charles Rosen. So I feel like there's a reason why this is like so quippy and like. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it made me think like some of the lines later on in the episode that Kelly says to Brandon about his appearance and how much she's into him, I'm like, yeah, I know who wrote this episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and in this conversation, we also now learn that Brenda is staying in London for the whole year, and literally Brandon actually says, at this rate, we're never going to see her again. And tears. I literally wrote, sob. <laughs> yeah. It just, huh. we got to get it out of the way. All right. R.I.P. Brenda. Yes, I hate that she's gone. And her presence or lack thereof was definitely felt. It was definitely felt. I think I do appreciate that they said that the reason she wasn't coming back was she did so well Mm -hmm. at RADA that they offered, like, they asked her to stay for the year. Like, they could easily have written it and been like, yeah, she went there and had another, like, whirlwind three-week romance with somebody and actually did get married, and now she's not coming back. Right. Like, they could have made something, like, real sarcastic and mean about it. Mm-hmm. But instead, they gave her something of, like, she gets to go follow her dreams, and she's doing really great, and we're so happy for her. Yeah, that, to me, is a much better, like, um, I don't know what the good version of, like, burning bridges is, but, like, I guess keeping them <laughs> intact. <laughs> yeah, like... It feels more like a Sandra O oh from Grey's Anatomy yes. send off than like them just killing her than or a, something. Than a uh, uh, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which I know you haven't gotten there, but you know. Well, what I I know what happens. Yeah. Like I spoiled that for myself yeah. really early, and fuck, and like I get why they did it with him too because they were like. Any other reason is going to take away from the relationship that he has with Meredith. A hundred percent. Yeah. Let's uh, just go ahead and break your heart some more. <laughs> let's just give him the axe. But make it slow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just... Anyway. Um, but yeah, and even like the end of this little scene, you know, Brandon also says there's going to be a new girl staying in Brenda's room and it just kind of ends with David being like, well, who is she? Da-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na. And then, of course, in the credits, you see Tiffany Amber Thiessen. And, like, I'm sure that there was press announcing that yeah. she was going to be in the season and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, way to spoil it. I know. It's like they should have probably just went ahead and introduced her and then done the credits. Because, thanks. We now know this random extra person is besides cre- Jesse like, yeah. is in the credits. Oh, yeah. I did notice that Jesse was in the credits. And I was mm-hmm. like, go you. I know. Good for him. Good yeah. for Mark Damon Espinoza. <laughs> But, like, I really do think they should have kept her out of the credits for this episode and then put her in the credits for the next one. Mm -hmm. And it could have even been, like, and special guest Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Totally. You know, after the credits are rolling and they have the stuff in the middle. Because, like, I know other shows that have done things where they'll, like, put somebody in the credits or take Mm -hmm. them out of the credits or, you know, whatever to kind of be a red herring. To be like, you don't know who's here. You don't know how long she's going to be. Just kidding. 
she's in the cast. Well, and that's kind of still why, like, today in shows, what I typically see is, like, the opening credits will happen, but they don't go through each person. They just Mm -hmm. show some sort of montage of the people, but not each one individually. And then, like, when the next scene starts, you start seeing starring so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And And then in the, the case that you're talking about, it would say, and special appearance by, you know, Matt Ryan, who's John Constantine. And then, <laughs> still to this day, he gets the special guest credit, by the way. Um, even though he's a series regular, he still gets special appearance by Matt Ryan. That's <laughs> because he's not a legend. He's Constantine. But he is. <laughs> He'll never admit it, though. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that went off the rail. But yeah, so, like... You know, normally after the credits roll, we get all those, like, big sweeping establishing shots. But first, we have to go to Baja. Mm-hmm. Because Dylan is, yeah, apparently homeless on the beach with all of his possessions. I actually wrote that. I was like, I guess he's homeless now? Like... I wrote that, too. Because, you know, we find out, I think, in a later scene that he lost all of his money. Like, yep. there was literally nothing left for him. Which, we obviously saw that coming from the finale of season four we saw um i already forgot his name mustache man and suzanne kevin kevo kevin kevo <laughs> already plotting to we just got to take care of erica right yeah. and we don't know what happened to erica we don't know what happened to suzanne and kevin <laughs> <I almost laughs> forgot it again. um but we know that they successfully swindled dylan out of all his money and poor dylan because now he's also drinking I know. I I really appreciated that the little can literally just has cerveza on it. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, we get it. Thank you. I needed that because nothing else came in cans back then. <laughs> but yeah, like he is sitting on the beach, like in a sleeping bag, drinking this beer. He has facial hair too. Like he looks like shit. Yeah, he does. And then that kid runs up to him and is speaking Spanish. And like, I didn't bother really translating it, but I picked up you know enough of it from high school spanish to be like hey that guy needs you Mm and he said it's really important blah 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 yep i mean we could just go ahead and finish dylan yeah i guess so because like what happens after that he does go to see the guy who is like you know hey here's a beer by the way you owe me a lot of money for all of the beer and sex that i've been giving you (laughs) so we're going to say that (laughs) not what i meant (laughs) But he says, like, you've been, you owe me a ton of money for, like, women and beer. Right, right. So, yeah, it is implied that, you know, this man has women working for him. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, basically, like, Dylan, you need to go home and you need to get your house in order and you need to send me money. Yeah. And in order for me to let you leave Baja, California, you are going to give me your watch as collateral. Right. And it's Jack's watch that he gave Dylan, or I guess Dylan got from him. And he was, like... It's either that or your car. And it's like, well, that's an easy answer. One's a Porsche. The other's a watch. Like, Well, and like, if you don't have the car, how are you going to get anywhere? Well, yeah, exactly. So he just kind of like lays it on the table and pieces out. And then Dylan goes home. Mm -hmm. So I guess he still has his house, which I guess how is he paying for that? Even if it's like fully paid for, there's still taxes and upkeep and stuff. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is that it still technically may have been under Iris's name oh because i think that was her house right i think so yeah so even if she didn't transfer the deed or put him on the deed or whatever it still technically 
could be hers and presumably she has enough to pay for the utilities yeah and whatnot, which, i guess which yeah i mean speaking of iris like don't get me wrong i don't think iris is a great mother no i don't know that she would call him and be like how could you be so stupid right because like presumably she had been she at least would have understood perhaps because jack she it's not like she didn't know what jack did like jack was kind of a con man too not legitimately but he was involved in a lot of like high stakes stuff i mean he he laundered money right or we have to something. assume i mean he was in trouble for a reason yeah. and he was working with the feds for a reason to basically get immunity so he did something wrong so iris would have known that jack wasn't always to be trusted necessarily so but how could dylan have known dylan is was is a 19 year old kid sort of for her to call him stupid just felt i don't know just wrong right and it was like kind of vindictive she was mm-hmm. like oh you lost all of jack's money which i never touched by the way right like it's like why is that important yeah i mean her whole thing was yeah like you know your father gave me all this money and i didn't touch it because i'm giving it back to you and i you know go to juice bars and mind gyms and believe in karma and i just mm-hmm. want to like live in hawaii and just be like chill and then she calls him and just yells at him rather than doing anything to try and help him. Right. That's the thing. Like, you would think she'd be on the next flight out to California no. to go help, but no. And I actually, I looked at IMDb and it said that, like, that was the actress who played Iris McKay and just said she was uncredited. But mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really buy that that was her voice. Mm-hmm. Like, when he was playing all of his uh, voicemails. I just kept hearing them being like, that's the same woman over and over again, being like, this is a collect call. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the Iris voice was kind of British, too. I was like, that's the same woman. The London voice was terrible. It was so bad. I really wish that they had gotten Brenda to do a bad accent to just be like, call Brenda Walsh, eh? (laughs) (laughs) She does, like, a a random, like, Cockney accent, but is really bad at it. (laughs) That would be hilarious. That would have been so good. Or have her be the London person, but do her cat on a hot tin roof accent. <laughs> <laughs> or her French accent. Yes. Oh, oh my if God. If only. Oh, Shannon Doherty. Yeah. yeah. But no, instead we just get someone being like, this is a collect call from Brenda Walsh mm-hmm. with, about that accent. Is there anyone here to accept the charges? <laughs> like it was very like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And then, yeah, like, he, you know, clearly missed that call. Then it's Brandon being like, hey, August 5th or, you know, whatever. Which, like, of course you have to say the date when you're calling somebody. I just, like, you, I can look at my phone and be like, oh, I missed a call on the 12th. But, like, right. you couldn't do that back then. It yep. just, it threw me when Brandon said, like, the date and the time that he was calling. It's funny, though, because my dad still does that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was about to yeah. say the same thing. My dad still does that. He'll be like... Hey, sweetie, it's Wednesday uh, around five o'clock. Uh, call me. <laughs> <laughs> My dad does the same thing. He's like, hey, uh, it's about uh, two o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Just call and check in. Uh, no rush, but uh, just give me a call back. All right, bye. <laughs> I kind of sounded like a radio person. You're like, it is two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. The weather is 75 and sunny. <laughs> yeah, it's and- like a pilot, pilot <laughs> announcement. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, but sad, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he gets the, the collect call from Brenda that he misses. Then Brandon calls and says, like, hey, you know, Brenda said she's going to give you another call, but she's not coming back. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, Brandon, way to spoil the mood. I mean, I know that's how they had to do it because mm-hmm. Shannon Doherty was not going to record things for them after she gets fired from the show or whatever. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, Brandon's just like, hey, leaving you a message to say Brenda's never coming back. Bye. Yeah, and then, like, that clearly makes um, Dylan sad because he literally says, like, um, what is he? It's says, like, I won't be in London forever. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, bullshit, which he doesn't say that, but, like, that's what he's thinking. And then sad because maybe she's his great love of his life. We will never know. I feel like she should be. Yeah, she should Like, be. they just had so much chemistry and, like, they were messy. Let's be honest. But, like, oh, yeah. It, you know, the whole, like, Steve thing where Celeste and this, like, long-lost love of her life reconnected, like, I feel like that would work really well for Brenda and Dylan where, like, they were, you know, hot and heavy on and off, blah, 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 all through high school. Mm-hmm. They were apart, realized that they were still in love with each other. You know, she left for this amazing opportunity. And then, yeah, maybe in, like, five years she comes back to L.A. to be in a TV show or to do a play or something, and they reconnect, and the rest is history. I would not mind that scenario whatsoever. Not even a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, and then I guess like we really don't see Dylan again until he's creepily watching Kelly from the lifeguard tower, right? Yeah, and at first I was like, is this a shrimping boat? <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> it legitimately looked like a boat, but not a nice one, you know, like not a yacht or something like that. So I was like, why is he on a shrimping boat? <laughs> okay, but I could totally see Dylan getting into, like, being a fisherman. I could, too. Oh, my gosh. If only. If that only. would be a great career path for him, I think. I don't know why. So, no, it's really funny is in the 90210 reboot from 2008 with all of the new characters or whatever, there is a character who just runs away and gets on a fishing boat and then comes back and, like, had a dramatic adventure that you find out about later. Wow. But really, that should have been Dylan's storyline, I right? think. Mm-hmm. Like, Inspired. Imagine him in a in a sweater, just <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> just imagine him in a sweater. Doing <laughs> boat stuff. His a little captain's hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a nice, thick, cable-knit mm-hmm. sweater. I can see it. Throwing see out it. nets and... <laughs> His first couple times, he just gets, like, a tire and a shoe or something, and then eventually he gets the fish, and he's so happy. A montage of him getting trash, (laughs) and then eventually a net full of fish, and then all of his problems are solved. I mean, he's, like, I could see him being a combination of Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump and and Forrest Gump, and obviously, what other movie would it be? Of course. And... (laughs) Like, I can see him getting really angry during a thunderstorm. Like, why? Like, you're thinking you're going to beat me? And then he, like, <laughs> doesn't get the the shrimp or whatever. And then all of a sudden he does. And he's so thrilled. And then he crashes the boat somehow. But it's okay because he's finally got enough shrimp to make money to get a better boat. And he names it the SS Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because Forrest named the boat Jenny, so. Oh, no. It totally fits. <laughs> And yeah, like I'm picturing him with like an old worn copy of like the old man in the sea, mm-hmm. Moby Dick. Like oh he gosh. gets really inspired. He's got a pipe. He definitely has a pipe. He mm-hmm. definitely has a pipe. Definitely has a pipe with that sweater and that captain's hat. <laughs> and you know what? He pulls it off. And then like when he's like looking out into the sea and you see the little wrinkles in his forehead. Oh, and a scar. It's so perfect. 
But that is not Dylan today. Yeah, that is not what happens to Dylan. <laughs> Dylan's a very tragic story. Very sad, sad Dylan right now. And like the idea that he, you know, started this episode in Baja. We find out that he's lost all his money. He's in debt to this man who I assume is a bad man to be in debt with. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then he gets home. He is you know doing all this drinking he's like clearly not well his mom is yelling at him mm-hmm. the love of his life just left him for london and then he goes to kelly's house to stare longingly at her i was like no we're yeah i'm over this well and yeah because two thoughts on that number one i think he should just go to london and be with brenda yeah he may not have the money to do so but he could figure out a way like Get it from Iris. I was saying, literally, he could call Iris and just get the plane ticket. Right. I think that's all he needs. Exactly. Um, He can figure it out once he gets there. And then, number two, the whole episode, which, you know, we'll get back into kind of the chronological order of the episode, but the whole episode is Kelly being nervous about people knowing about her and Brandon. She wasn't really nervous about Steve, but Steve ends up being the focal point. They're worried about Dylan, about his reaction. And then Dylan already sees it. So, you know, that was the whole point of him being on that lifeguard tower was that he could see and observe Kelly and Brandon making out on the patio or wherever outside the beach apartment. And they haven't told him. And that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't, it feels right from that perspective that he would find out before he, they, they told him. But it doesn't feel right that he would be mad about it. Right. I was actually thinking about that because, you know, they've had this whole thing back and forth with Dylan and Brandon of like, every time I get something, Dylan goes and takes it away from me and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And this would be like the quote unquote first thing that Brandon's gotten from Dylan. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Dylan does not seem like the guy who would be upset about that. Yeah. Like, he would just be like, okay, Kelly's her own person. And like, we even right. get that one flashback that shows kelly and dylan's breakup and i was like wait we don't really need this yeah we just saw it a few months ago exactly yeah because every other flashback is a flashback of the summer yeah it's of something not real which really threw me off yeah that's basically dylan he's the only one that's like truly separate from everybody else everyone else in this episode really is like interconnected the whole way through Mm -hmm. because after we see him in baja the first time then we see all the sweeping shots of beverly hills and they are recycling shots. And I noticed it this time. Which one was it? Uh, the flower shop where she's putting all the flowers out. Oh, yeah. I was like, we have seen this before. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, if you got them, use them. I mean, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> mad about it, but I was like, I wrote it down because I was like, oh, my God, I recognize this. <laughs> like, I don't notice things all the time. Hey, but you've already noticed two things that we didn't. The Brandon jumping into his pants <laughs> and the flower shop. So... You got to go back and look at him jumping into his pants. It's so weird. (laughs) But yeah, so after those shots, we get, um, uh, we walk into a hair salon and Kelly's getting her hair cut. She doesn't like, apparently, the hairstyle that she's got. And so she's getting something redone or cut again. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) This whole salon scene was the stupidest thing. Yeah. Like, because yeah, Kelly wants to get her hair cut and Donna is doing something. Like she's got rollers in and walks past and it's just like hi mm-hmm. and then yeah kelly's hairstylist is like oh my god what happened to you two mm-hmm. and she's like well donna trashed our friendship yeah she says like donna was the reason that they're not friends anymore and we're like what and thank god there's a flashback 
Which, like, when you watch the flashback, it's very clearly Kelly's fault. Yes. She's <laughs> siding with David for some reason. Because everyone sides with David. I, like, even the internet is just like, Donna needs to get over herself and have sex with David. I'm like, what are you talking about? Donna is allowed to do whatever he wants. she wants. And if yeah. he doesn't like it, then he breaks up with her. He doesn't cheat on her. Right, right, right. And And Kelly's like... Well, you have to understand the kind of pressure that he's and his penis are under. It's like, what? Right? And like, of course, like, I don't want to say of course, but it, it makes sense that Kelly sides with him since she is the other woman in the Brenda, Dylan, yeah. Kelly threesome. True. So like, I'm sure she's like, well, from personal experience, like, I understand why Dylan cheated on my best friend. So like, of course, I understand why David cheated on my other best friend. Ugh. I just, mm. Yeah. But then, yeah, Donna gets, like, in my opinion, rightfully pissed off about that. And is like, you're just like Ariel. You'll do whatever you want to get the guy. Which, that comment, now that I'm thinking about it, probably, like, at first I was like, mm, that wouldn't be enough to trash a friendship, in my opinion. But now that I'm thinking about it, that was the thing that everybody assumed Brenda did to get the role in the play. And so I'm like, I wonder if that hits harder. Because it shows that there's really not that much trust. Or at least, maybe trust is the wrong word, um, belief that everyone's a good person or something. Like, mm-hmm. only Donna and maybe only Brandon are the saints of this friend group. I don't know. Um, but I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know what? This this might cut a little deeper because it was a scenario that just happened. With, like, the rumors with Brenda or whatever, sleeping her way up. To get that part or whatever. I don't know. No, I, I like that thought, though. Like, I didn't think about that because I thought, you know, when Donna was like, you're just like Ariel, I was thinking that Kelly was like, oh, well, you hate that person and you just yeah. said that I'm just like them. That's true. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> well, and like we see that and then, you know, I guess Donna left for the summer. Kelly stayed in town and then the two hairstylists are like, we have to get them back together. Mm-hmm. And then they put them under hair dryers and then they say, I'm sorry. And that's it. Yeah. Like immediately forgiven. I was like, why did we waste our time on this? I know it was weird. It was just like, you don't even talk about what the real problem was. You don't even mention what happened. You just say, will you forgive me? I already have like, yeah. And like, I don't want to say that two male writers do not know how to write female friendships, yeah. but this is not, how this works i i feel like they would have just been better off if they hadn't had them fight at all and they just ran into each other at the hair salon and caught up on their summers yeah and like yeah i don't know why they had to fight yeah there's no point to that i mean literally donna could have said oh i'm over david i love texas what'd you do like and the same thing would be accomplished yeah I feel like they were trying to put a reason in there for Kelly to not have told Donna that she's hanging out with Brandon. Oh, to say, like, they didn't Mm. talk all summer? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the only reason for it, even though they had already said, like, well, all of our friends were out of town, so that's why they don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, and, like... And y'all can't text because it's the 90s. Yeah. Right. And, like, why have the hairstylist in this at all? Yeah, they, like, parent-trapped them. And, like, that was unnecessary. (laughs) Like, they didn't – 
I don't want to like deny anyone a SAG card or anything, but like they did not have to have speaking lines. No, nope. they didn't have to do anything. They could literally like, she could have been like playing with Kelly's hair, and then Donna walks past and is like, "Hi," mm-hmm. and then like we see the tension. Then you show the flashback of the fight, mm-hmm. and then like hairstylists who don't give a shit about these customers just like put them side by side under yeah. hair dryers, and then they talk. Yeah. Like, we just didn't need to have those extra scenes of, like, how do we get them back together? Right. And then them motioning, like, whatever they did, they're like, mm, I don't know what they did yeah. with their hands. And <laughs> just a gay-coded man just being yeah, like, right. okay, give us money. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I don't understand what the point of it was. I don't think it was funny. I didn't appreciate it. We could have gotten rid of it. Yeah. The only thing I did kind of like about the hairdresser, the man... He reminded me of the hairdresser that cut Topanga's hair in Boy Meets World when she, remember when she like cut her hair, own hair to prove a point and he's like, he does nothing to Corey's hair, but it's somehow perfect. And he's like, oh, this is my best project yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. But yeah, like we're never going to see them again. No. It doesn't matter. And no. then, yeah, this is where we find out that like Donna was staying at her parents' house and then her dad's fellowship ended. So like... They all moved back to L.A. together. But while she was in Texas, she was like, I love Texas. There were barbecues and there were boys that didn't care if I was a virgin or not. And I was like, I mean, that like you can say that because I guess you're thinking like Texas is full of like religious people who would actually like do all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. I guess. But like it just feels right to me that Donna loved Texas. Yeah. Like outside of the sexuality thing, it's like she's probably she looks and seems like a person who would have gone through like cotillion or something Mm -hmm. and been a debutante or something yeah um and she talks about how they went to like a club that was on the lake mm -hmm. like donna feels like a lake person definitely definitely it was funny though because then like donna asks um kelly if she's back with dylan and kelly's like why do i look depressed (laughs) i know (laughs) i know (laughs) I was like, that's a good one. That's a good one, but also sad. Right? No, I actually, like, it was kind of weird to me that Donna was like, did you and Dylan get back together? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess that is the thing that happens. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the airport, mm-hmm. and Cindy walks up to Jim and Brandon, and is like, get this. This is why the flight is delayed. And I feel like it was completely unnecessary for her to be like, some really important person got food poisoning, and they had to land the plane. We don't care why the flight got right? delayed. Just tell us it got delayed. Like, that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote something down about this scene because um, I have a new segment for this season, and it is called Yay! Moment of the Week. Ooh. And it was, I believe, at 9 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh-huh. Brandon is, like, supposed to be watching a game with Jim. Instead, he's looking off camera and cracking the fuck up. He's just like like smiling and laughing while Cindy is talking and she's literally grabbing his shoulder to like reel him in so she can get through her line like she breaks at one point it's amazing oh my god it's so good like go back and watch it yeah, like I'm going to because I'm, yeah like he's just like looking off screen and he just like smiles and then like tries to reel it in and then smiles bigger and then he and Jim like look forward at the same time for their (laughs) cue for the thing that happens in the game and oh my god it was just so fucking funny wow oh my god and like why would they use that take why not just take another one right 
maybe I was just so focused on like whoever is speaking that I didn't even, man. Yeah. Cause I totally missed that. Cause I, I too. like, I even wrote in my notes, Cindy told Jim and Brandon why the flight is delayed and they're being rude as hell. So I really think I was just looking down Yeah, because all I could think about was like, listen to Cindy. Right. Like, this is the only thing she said. Right. Literally just. Well, and then Brandon was being rude about Valerie. Yeah. Like, oh my God. He said like last time I saw Valerie, she was 14, a little chubby and had a mouthful of hardware. Yeah. Do you want to know what you looked like at 14, buddy boy? Cause I bet it wasn't good. <laughs> right? No, this is Brandon's whole like negging everyone. And I was yeah. like, you don't have to be rude. No. You really don't. And Sometimes, then, man. Well, and then, like, Cindy is like, hey, but we're not going to talk about what's been happening about her. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that, you, like, I do think you have to remind Brandon. Right. I really do, because he's being a dick. We'll see. And now the comment Kelly makes later, or the little secret that Kelly reveals to Donna about Valerie, makes Brandon's comment way worse. Yeah. Because, like, bruh, be sensitive. Like, her dad just committed suicide. Which, like... Oh my God. I know. Like, I, I, I guess we'll just talk about it right now because I don't want to have to bring it up again later. But, like, dark. Yeah, very dark. Holy cow. Very dark. Out of all the reasons for somebody co- to come live with another family. Yeah. <sighs> this is like, oh my gosh. I, I've told you about my, like, weird Twilight thing that I've been doing with, like, oh, yes, watching yes. all the movies. And then I got the book from the library because I was like, all right, fine. I never read it before. Oh I'm just going to read it this time. And, like, it is some dark shit that I'm like, teenagers should not be reading this. Like, yeah. there is a point, I think it's, like, the first night that Bella is staying with her dad, he comes in and, like, hangs his gun belt up. And she's like, when I was younger, he used to take the bullets out of the gun when he hung it up. I guess now he either thinks that, like, I'm not clumsy enough to accidentally shoot myself or not depressed enough to do it on purpose. And I was like, no, he's just not used to you being in the house. And he thinks oh. you're not stupid. Yikes. Like, just don't touch it. Oh, my God. That is and dark. There's so much more in those books that I feel like I blocked out. And Probably. it's, like, the only reason that Bella could be in this relationship with what is literally a supernatural monster who <laughs> murdered people <laughs> is because she's fucking suicidal. Yeah. Yes. And then, like, when they go – I think it's when they go to the baseball game and they're – you know, everyone's playing and then – Esme, the mom, is, like, mm. sitting with Bella. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, he turned me into a vampire when I, like, my baby died, so I threw myself off a cliff. I was like, what is happening? I can't believe that confession came with the fucking baseball game. <laughs> she just, like, threw it out there. She just said it. Oh, my God. I was like, what yeah. is that? Poor Esme. I wonder if, if vampires do that thing where they accidentally overshare and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I haven't been a human for a while. This is I forgot this is weird for you. Probably. I mean, first of all, she has that traumatic story and then she gets her granddaughter named after her with the name Renesme. I hate that stupid <laughs> name. It's so bad. I hate that baby. I hate that baby so much. And like... I kept reading this book and like I would read like a sentence and then have to text Mary and be like, I hate this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I can't even get to the next sentence. Here's the next one. <laughs> it was there was like an hour where I maybe read one paragraph. <laughs> like I can't. This is so dumb. God. And like I'm not gonna read any of the other ones. But, You're not. Like, you have to. 
I have them, like, if you want to borrow them. And then you need to read Fifty Shades. Absolutely. I draw the <laughs> line there. No. Hey, I've read them all. Okay, but, like, I do have the gender-bent version and the from uh, Edward's point of view mm-hmm. versions, like, on reserve at the library. Sounds like you got to read them all. Like, I just, I'm going to have to, like, really space them out. I think I have, like, six months until I get the Edward's point of view one. Like, there is a wait list. God. Why? I don't, I don't know. Like, so far after the Twilight craze, there's still a six-month wait. That's crazy. I think that's because, like, she wrote that, like, a while ago, and it yeah. got leaked or something. So yeah, she, like, it postponed it indefinitely. And now, like, oh. ten years later or something. She's oh like, God. oh, I need to make everything about me again yeah yeah yeah. i need more money i am feeling uncomfortable when not about me (laughs) but like yeah all that to say like every now and then you start watching something or reading something you're like holy cow this is like this is too dark for what's going on oh yeah i was gonna say it's it's like you don't think about that in terms of like really dark shows in general like in handmaid's tale it's like that's expected. Yeah, everything. You're ready dark. for that. Yeah, but there's then, there's some things that still surprise you sometimes, but not in general. But then it, that'd be like if, you know, like Boy Meets World when they throw in the cult story. Yeah. Or you know, or Chet like that dies. one girl that uh, Sean was like not dating, but Corey thought he was dating, and like and who was being abused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. yeah, like. This whole thing, you know, we get all these flashbacks of, like, here's everything that happened on people's summer vacations, and it's, like, right after the Walshes came back from Minnesota, where they had taken Kelly with them, mm-hmm. and they're, like, you know, having a good laugh at dinner, there's mm-hmm. a phone call, and Jim's, like, oh, yeah, it's probably work, because someone's being audited, which, like, I love when they just throw in that he's an accountant, like, by the way, just remember. And, yeah, Brandon's, like, yeah, Mom, you just gotta, you know, accept he's, like, He's the man that makes the big moves or whatever. And then he walks in and is just like, our best friends from upstate New York shot himself. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. And I think we learn either in that scene or some other point that there's other siblings. Yeah. They who are, are younger. Um, yeah. I think it's later on in the episode when Cindy is staying up reading mm. Anna Karenina. Mm-hmm. Great nighttime read. I know, right? <laughs> It's like, mm, Russian literature. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, and so the reason Valerie had probably had to come move down is because her mom was probably having to deal with the fact that she has other children to take care of and they're literal children and Valerie is old enough to like be on her own, I guess. Well, yeah, because I, I assume she's going to college with them. I assume so. I don't remember, to be honest. Yeah. But we'll find out. But, like, it doesn't matter. Because even now, when we know this, like, dark stuff is coming, mm-hmm. like, you know, Cindy's reminding Brandon about, like, oh, we have to be really sensitive of Valerie and, like, you can't be, like, doing anything. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah, Steve's landing in from Hawaii. I'm going to mm-hmm. go. Bye. Yep. Which, finally, we get some Steve action. So we um, see Howie Long for some reason. Steve grabbed his bag for him. Yeah, and then some kid thinks that Steve is Troy Aikman, and I was like, I don't know what Troy Aikman looked like when he was playing, but... Not like this. No. <laughs> I Actually, I did pull up a picture of him before we started recording, and like, this is this is not what Steve looks like. No. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, no, not at all. 
Oh, no. Like, no. Like, to me, Troy Aikman looks more like um, Harry Connick Jr. Like, okay, I can kind of see that, yeah. They look more similar. But not Steve. Not Steve. Yeah. It was at this point when Steve gets on the screen that Nate (laughs) decided to pipe in. (laughs) He hadn't been hearing it, but I have subtitles on so I could see it. And then he just looks at me and goes, isn't he the best character? (laughs) About Steve. And I was like, Steve? (laughs) He's like, yeah, the blonde haired guy. And I was like no <laughs> no he's not he's like why did i think that i was like i don't know <laughs> physically yes in all other ways that matter absolutely not yeah and like this is honestly this episode is more proof that they don't know what to do with steve they don't they keep recycling stuff yeah because like apparently we find out that First of all, Steve was like, oh, yeah, in true Sanders fashion, I got myself up into first class. And that's how I sat next to Howie Long, who then told him that he had a massive crush on Steve's mom, which is like, that's weird. That is weird. Like, I don't I don't like that. I don't care for it. It was a waste of Howie Long. Did Howie Long like owe somebody something? I don't. Maybe he and Aaron Spelling are tight. Like he was like desperate to get a TV career. And so they were like, "Okay, fine. Let's test you out. We'll write you a page. Yeah. Like, I don't. It was before Radio Shack. That's all I know. (laughs) And then, yeah, we find out that the reason he was in Hawaii is because after the whole Mardi Gras festival at the end of last season, he and Celeste got back together, which, like, Celeste really needs to learn some self-worth. Like, she's she's too good for him. Yeah, she's She's way too good for him. Too good for him, too good for John Sears, just... Go to Hawaii and find the long lost love of your life, which yeah. she does. Yeah, which luckily she's only in Hawaii with Steve for June and July. And mm-hmm. then in August, she finds the long lost love of her life and leaves Steve. And like, we have established that Celeste works for a living yeah. and like takes care of herself. And she just left her job for a summer. Yeah, I don't. That's not how that works. <laughs> it was a throwaway thing. Because I know. again, I know they had to write Celeste back out after they accidentally wrote brought her, her back, back in. in. Yeah, God. And then yeah, so Steve was like, yeah. So I spent the rest of the time soul searching essentially and found the right girl for me, Kelly. And at this point, I remembered that he hasn't dated Kelly since sophomore year of high school. This is tired. This is t- this is tired. This is tired. And even Kelly says, like, every time a girl breaks up with him, he thinks that I'm the love of his life. And I'm like, yeah, we know. And yeah. it's tired. And nobody cares for nobody it. Nobody cares. Like, you're totally right. They don't know what to do with Steve except make Steve be trapped in the past or or He's make like, the same mistakes over and over and over and not learn from them. Yeah. He makes the same mistakes over and over and over again. <clears throat> he is, like, just obsessed with girls but Mm -hmm. like to a point that it's not funny like i feel like you know sean hunter dating a ton of girls in Mm -hmm. high school and like having the whole like i have to i have to rest my lips for my day tonight like that's funny yeah that is funny. this is not funny well yeah because there's a difference in i think the sean hunter joey tribbiani uh even schmidt to some degree character (laughs) And then Steve, who's just desperate. Like, I think there's a difference. It's like Schmidt, Joey, and Sean, they get the girls. And while, yeah, he's a serial date. They're all serial daters. That's not it. Like, yeah. And like, he doesn't necessarily treat girls like trash. Like, 
But Steve, he recycles women, treats them like trash, recycles women, treats them like trash. Like, it's the same story. So whenever he makes misogynistic comments or even just flirty comments, it doesn't land because you don't believe that he actually likes this girl. Or if he does, it's going to end because he does something to hurt them really badly or something or mm. whatever. Or he, yeah. So it just doesn't feel, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't care. No, I, I've honestly wonder if you know it being at the beginning of season five you know all this stuff I think they're kind of realizing that they don't know what to do with some of these characters yeah and they've like these people are are contracted like they are in the show for you know ever and whatnot Mm -hmm. because the next thing we see is the hospital and Andrea who they don't know what to do with I was gonna say the same thing it's like they had Steve spend the whole summer with a girl he's already dated and ruined that relationship now they're taking andrea who spent the whole three months of summer at the hospital Mm -hmm. because they don't quite frankly they probably just don't care they're like you have a baby now that's your story yeah whereas like with steve i feel like going back to his whole adoption story would be a fascinating character arc for him um or like yeah he you know has talked about wanting to get into the entertainment industry, right. and he met Howie Long. I really thought him meeting Howie Long was going to have something. Yeah, it's almost kind of like how, <laughs> this is just Boy Meets World, but <laughs> how Sean, like, when they get the internships and they're in the mailroom, mm-hmm. but Sean kind of, like, makes a good impression, and, and Corey, of course, is Brandon about it, and <laughs> thinks that Sean is, like, sh- doesn't deserve it, and that Corey deserves it, but... You almost feel like that would be a more interesting story arc for Steve to, like, start getting an internship or start figuring out what's, what he wants to do with his career. Not just all about women. Yeah. But, yeah, with Andrea, we're on Andrea now. Mm-hmm. She's still there. She's an old pro at this point. She knows the hospital like the back of her own hand, which I will say, now that I'm thinking about it, this could be an opportunity to figure out if Andrea actually really does want to be a doctor. Now yeah. that she's spent so much time here. But they don't even talk about it. It's just all about baby Hannah. Yeah, because she even says, like, they literally recycled the same story where she's like, I knew something was wrong with my baby. And mm-hmm. they were like, no, you're being ridiculous. Just take the baby home. And then she's like, oh, look, I was right and the baby's dying. And then they save the baby. It literally just happened. She literally says they that they didn't find the tear in her abdominal wall because they weren't looking for it. Which, like, she is saying this to somebody else who has a baby in this NICU. (laughs) That was kind of my point. It's like, why are you telling another person who has their baby in the NICU that something bad could be happening to your your baby and the doctors won't know? But then also, like, why would the doctors not know? (laughs) What hospital are you at? I love that they brought in this new mother character Mm -hmm. for Andrea to talk to. But they brought in, like, the NICU nurse from, like, the previous episodes for a flashback when literally she could just be reminiscing about all of this with somebody that we're already familiar with. True. And just be like, can you even, like, believe a month ago this happened and now we get to go home? Like, that would have even been more of a connection than just Andrea scaring the shit out of some new mom. Right? And, like, I don't understand why they did this episode the way they did with the flashbacks. Like, I think I'm okay with the Kelly and Donna flashback, but I'm not okay with how Kelly and Donna just got back together, like, right after the flashback. But 
Like, why didn't they do a, like, what's this episode called? What I did on my summer vacation and other stories? Like, why didn't they just have one episode showing the three months? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> buckle up, kids. We have 32 episodes this season, I think. It's 31 or 32. So we skipped summer. Which, like, like basically. Yeah. I know they stopped doing the summer episodes last mm-hmm. season. But yeah, why not just have a couple episodes pretending it's summer? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what, you know, what it was like when this aired because it would have aired in September when everyone's going back to school. But right. like, I don't think I would have batted an eyelash if they had like one episode showing three months of summer and then they go back to school. I agree. And I think either do that or just give us the exposition. I'd rather just have the characters talk about it with each other than see these flashbacks. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, like we could have done like a bottle episode where everybody is at the barbecue telling each other what happened. Right. Would have been fine. Would have been fine. <laughs> but instead, they're showing us these insane flashbacks. They're making the hairdressers scheme to get best friends back together, which like they're 19 year olds. Even if they've been going to you forever, like why do you care that much? It, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily be that invested. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But then thank God we get, um, Perhaps the best out of all of the flashbacks, or I guess this one's not a flashback, it's a video. Um, Because we are back at the beach apartment, and David and Kelly are there, and David has decided to play this video for Kelly. And it's his video of his summer vacation, because there's some extra credit assignment for some class, so he cannot be on academic probation anymore. I don't know that I have words to describe this video. I, okay, so, yeah, I only have reactions of things. Same, that's, yeah. Yeah, because I literally went, he went on tour with Babyface, shut up. <laughs> oh, my God, he mentions the long weekend they spent on Ariel's waterbed. Ew. Ew. Babyface left on tour without him and Ariel broke up with him. Ha. <laughs> Ariel gave him an STD. I hate this so much. Why did he say all of this in a video project for school? Oh, there's Nat. He actually turned this in. Also, he moved out to the dorms. That's what I wrote. Mine's not much different, to be (laughs) honest. It was a lot of exclamation points. David went into her baby face. Then baby face changed his mind. Ariel broke up with him. Oh my gosh, she gave him crabs. That's it. (laughs) And then, yeah, like at some point he mentioned other things like his grandparents bought him a car or something which he definitely doesn't deserve yeah i was like (laughs) what is the point of this why do we have this yeah and so i guess they're trying to show his independence i guess like he's no longer codependent of kelly and donna Mm -hmm. sure but david also doesn't want to go to the barbecue because he doesn't want to run into donna because he like mary said bold of him to assume that donna gives a shit But yeah, he's all concerned that Donna is like still madly in love with him, but also angry at him for still going out with Ariel or whatever. Which, I mean, to be fair, like she should hopefully be over him. I mean, Mm -hmm. we find out later that she's not and it still hurts, but like she has a right to be mad at him. And I, frankly, she can be mad at him for as long as she wants and she does not have to forgive him in my mind. Well, and I think the two are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Like she can both be over him and be mad at him for what he did to her. Like the, like you don't have to be in love with somebody to be mad at someone for cheating on you. Yeah. Right. Like I could emotionally move on if someone cheated on me, but if I saw them on the street, I'd be like, that's the guy that cheated on me. Exactly. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's David. Yeah. I'd be like, that's David, the guy who cheated on me. Exactly. Exactly. 
But then Brandon offers to come pick up Kelly to bring her back to the barbecue. I just remember that scene because she's like, no, no, I'll come over. And he's like, no, but I want to come get you. And he's putting his shoes on on his bed. Mm-hmm. With his horrible shorts. It was a bad outfit. Bad outfit. <laughs> they looked like boxer shorts that they made into wearable regular shorts. And then just a t-shirt and his little boots. Yeah, I just, it really grossed me out that he's putting his shoes on. Like, his shoe was on the bed. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hope you don't do that at Kelly's house. I hope not. Now he just jumps into his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would pay to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Brandon offers to come pick up Kelly. Then Kelly is getting ready. And before Brandon gets there, Steve shows up. And he shows up with the lay from Hawaii and is being all like, flirty with kelly and whatnot and then brandon shows up too and it's all like awkward for a minute but then they do end up telling steve that they're together not explicitly said like we're dating but you can put two and two together and he gets all sad like he's entitled to kelly or something right i kind of went like i know this is for you know the dramatic effect and whatnot but if Brandon and Steve are such good friends. I really feel like Brandon should have told him before this and then just been like, hey, Kelly, I had to tell Steve because he thinks that you're the love of his life. And then Kelly wouldn't have to do this. Like, I can handle Steve. He always thinks I'm the love of his life. Right. Which, like, I don't mind that Kelly, like, I don't mind that she said I know how to handle him. I think I more mind that she has to say that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, sure, okay, yeah, you're used to this, but why do you have to be used to this? Yeah, and, like, that's what I mean. Like, why couldn't we have just gotten around this by having Brandon tell mm-hmm. Steve and Brandon his his friend? Like, yeah, the, none of this had to happen this way. And then, yeah, like, they not so tell him what's happening, and Kelly's like, oh, my gosh, I'll introduce you to all these girls. And then Brandon mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I'll introduce you to Valerie. And then Steve is like, but she's from Buffalo, and the Bills lost four Super Bowls. Well, he says three, and Brandon's like, um, no, they lost four, actually. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, bro, at least they went. True, 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 true. Now I want to know if Minnesota has won a Super Bowl before. I think they have. And how long ago was it? But I'm pretty sure Steve's team is the Raiders. That's and right. And I don't think that they've won. I don't think they have either. But yeah, that's his whole thing, is like, I don't want to talk to this girl because she's from From Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes, Mary. I googled a thing. (laughs) The Vikings have appeared in four Super Bowls in 1970, 1974, 1975, and 1977 and lost each time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like, sure, they've been to the Super Bowl, but not that recently in Brandon's life. The Bills definitely went more recently than that. Oh, yeah. Because it was the Four Falls of Buffalo or whatever that 30 for 30. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that the 80s? I think so. Or maybe this was around the time when they did lose the fourth or something like that. Because that's what I feel like they would, it would be really relevant if it was. Um, okay, I do take it back. The Ra- the Raiders won the Super Bowl in 76, 80, and 83. Oh, wow. Okay. Still not very recent. Yeah. So they go to the barbecue. Now we finally have the barbecue. Almost everyone is there. And here's Valerie. Which, okay, did you see that they had this, like, whole deck set up in their backyard at one point that they mm-hmm. were, like, doing things? I was like, where did this come from? Summer. 
They just set up a deck in their backyard just for summer. Yep. They uh, called it one of those like outdoor, um, you know, event. <laughs> living space things and they're like i want one deck please (laughs) portable on-demand decks (laughs) i guess cindy probably isn't in summer school so she's just like i have all this time on my hands again i must barbecue on a deck i have to throw a party (laughs) exactly and yeah like steve opens a pickle jar there's some like witty ish banter back and forth with him and valerie i just have to say Welcome, welcome, welcome to one Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> Legitimately, like, the way, like, she was looking like the, you know, good old girl, like, she looked like Kelly Kapowski. I know, but, like, when she and Zach get married in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I am so excited. Um, I mentioned outside of the podcast, but Valerie Malone, I believe, may or may not have been my villain awakening where I learned to love villains. Um, so spoiler alert, you know, Valerie's going to become a villain, um, but she's known for that. She's known as the bad girl. So yeah, I mean, we see her like duplicitousness between this and the end of the episode because like <laughs> she gets, I guess, roped into playing basketball with Steve Brandon and Jim. And mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel like even with like what we find out about her this is a very like she's not like the other girls she plays basketball right 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 yeah they've like kind of already established like she's unique she is not kelly she's not donna like she's going to be this girl that all the guys want but she's not picking them or something you know like it's not easy she's like hard to get but she's one of the guys or like all this kind of stuff and she's like a goody two-shoes i mean she homegirl wore like a white t-shirt to a club so under a dress but still like you know she's not like she's not she's not like celeste in the sense that celeste is just a freaking bombshell which i'm not trying to say anything negative about um tiffany ambertheson at all she's gorgeous but it's a different look and it's a different personality and it's something that's totally different than what we already have well and yeah like they're doing everything in their power to make her literally like not like the other girls Mm -hmm. because she's a brunette the others Mm -hmm. are blondes she plays basketball. The others don't. She's like, oh my gosh, we're going to a club. Do I have time to go up and change? And the others are like, we're already club ready. Right, right. Which is hilarious. Yeah. And like they're, you know, she's over playing basketball. Cindy's talking to Donna and Kelly and is like, oh, I know this person, this person, this person aren't coming, but where is David? And then this is, I guess, how Donna finds out that he won't come because she's there, which like, girl, you didn't need to be told that. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. But Um, then she also finds out that Kelly went to Minnesota with the Walshes. mm -hmm. She knows what's up with Valerie. We get that horrible flashback. Yep. And then after dinner, they're all eating carrot cake. And of course, Kelly has to take the tiniest little like piece of icing. It's like, how much fat do you think is in this? But luckily, because again, Valerie's not like them. She says... Just enough to be delicious or good or something or taste good or something like or yummy. I don't remember yeah. exactly what she says. So it's like, Valerie's cool. She doesn't care about calories or she fat. She eats. Yeah, she eats like a real woman should or whatever they're going for with that. No, yeah. Like, they're really doing the whole, like, she's not a regular girl. girl. She's, she's a, a cool, cool girl. girl. She's a gruel girl. <laughs> I almost said girl. <laughs> 
But yeah, and so then Steve, of course Steve, has to be the one to say, what are we doing? It's a Saturday night or whatever day it is. We shouldn't be sitting here eating carrot cake. We need to go out. We need to have a good time. And so they decide to go to the Chinese theater and look at the handprints. <laughs> They're being so touristy. Yeah. This is like with, uh, was it Mr. Suter where they were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to show you around L.A. and then yep. take him to the Chinese theater. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's like, you guys could go to Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to go to uh, Doheny's. It's that new club. Jesse works there. I at this point, I was like, I swear to God, if they ruin Jesse, I'm going to be so mad. Oh, yeah. Like I spent the whole time at the club convinced that Donna was going to turn around and see Jesse flirting with someone. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he is a bartender. I was terrified. Mm hmm. But no, they take Valerie on a tour of, like, celebrity homes, including Steve's. He's like, oh, yeah, the illustrious home of Samantha Sanders. And then Brandon makes, like, kind of a gay panic joke of, like, Steve had to put his dancing pumps on. Right. Right. Why? Why do you always have to bring other people down with your jokes? I know. Jokes can be funny without being The expense of someone else. Yeah. There is something I'm trying to remember. I wrote down this quote and I'm trying to remember why it happened and when, but it was somewhere between they decide to go to see Jess or to go to the club where Jesse works. And when Val gives them a weird look when, or gives Steve a weird look or a weird look at Brandon and Kelly when she's asking Steve like, oh, oh yeah, them. but I think Kelly says this, I think, but she says, I don't know about Steve, but I've never had to fake anything. And I'm trying to remember why it was said. I think it had something to do with, like, Jesse asking them where they got their fakes. Oh, fake I ideas. Remember. Yeah, because they make the whole comment of, like, the restaurant upstairs will still let them in even though they're not 21. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I loved it. And now I wish I had written more about it. I don't know about Steve, but I've never had to fake anything. Oh, I don't know. I think it's Kelly who said it. I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. But then, like... Brandon and Kelly go over to make out. Steve really, you know, is like dancing with Valerie and like putting on all the moves. He's like spinning her around and like he is all over her. Yeah. But then like they're off doing their own thing and Andrea calls Jesse and then Jesse's like, here, Donna, talk to my wife. (laughs) And then she has a full on conversation with her in a club. In a club. And, like, this is all just to learn that, like, Hannah's home, Andrea's breastfeeding. And Jesse isn't working at a law firm because he'll make more money bartending. Right. Like, this was so pointless. The way they chose to, like, give exposition in this episode was so strange. That's what I mean. Like, they could have just had the barbecue. They could have even still had flashbacks and whatnot. Like, if they had had Kelly and Donna both show up at the barbecue and see each other and, like, have to hash out what happened Mm -hmm. i feel like that would have made a lot more sense totally yeah it just mm, it was just so weird they even try to like make it actually look like andrea's breastfeeding which like funny you know good on them for showing breastfeeding and like trying to normalize it because that's still a whole thing in society but like it was weird and then when the baby like spit up (laughs) it did not sound like a baby made that it was a full man burp (laughs) (laughs) it was so much like it could have easily just been like Nate sitting next to me. It's like, oh, gotta go. The baby spit up. Ma'am, I don't think that's a baby. Yeah. What did you bring home? <laughs> but then while Donna is on the phone, 
that's when David shows up. Yeah. And so she, like, bails to go home. Yeah. And because she sees him, like, with some other girl. Which, I mean, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And it sucks, but it doesn't surprise me. And then Kelly goes out to try to, like, find her and tell her to stay. But then Donna's like, no, 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 no I just want to be alone. So Kelly says she'll call her later. Yeah. And so, like, everybody goes to leave the club. Brandon is driving everybody. So he goes to drive Kelly home. They are, like, making out on the porch. And she's like, oh, I really want you to stay. And he's like, I can't stay because it's Valerie's first night at the Walsh's house, which is, like, a weird thing. Yeah. It's like, you're all fully, like, you are adults. Like, I know you're still, like, 19. You're technically teenagers. But, like she you don't have to be in the house with her no like especially if you're like the last time i saw her she was 14 she's not you're not giving her any sort of comfort exactly unless it was like really brandon trying to come off as being sensitive but cindy was the one who told him to come home <laughs> he's like yes mommy yeah and and, ugh. and then, then yeah kelly says all that gross stuff oh she calls him sexy and i was like I, I literally said kelly i love you but he is not sexy he's not sexy <laughs> Ugh. And then, yeah, like, while he's like, no, I have to go because Steve and Val are back in the car waiting for me. And Steve is, like, making a lot of weird jokes. And Valerie's clearly not having not it. And he it. is just not getting it. He's, she's like, you know, he's making comments about the stars. And she's like, I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> upstate New York has stars, too. And he's like, but our stars have SAG cards. And then she doesn't respond. And he's like, Screen Actors Guild? Do you get it? It probably went over your head. It's fine. Bruh. <laughs> and then he like climbs on top of her and calls her Mariah Carey, Heather Locklear, and Cindy Crawford. And she's like, so what, I have six eyes? <laughs> like, she is so not into this. And she's like, I know you want to kiss me. Like, just do something. About, like, stop with all this bullshit. Yeah. And then Brandon shows up and like, quote unquote, ruins the moment. Like, there was not a moment to ruin. And then he's like, what, is somebody not going to get in the front seat with me? It's like, Brandon you know that Steve is trying to hit on this girl and yeah. you're like, hey, you want to come sit in the front seat? Valerie's always like, thank you. Right? Like, I don't doubt that she was, like, desperate to move to the front seat, but, like... Read the room, it, yeah. Brandon. Yeah. He refuses. And it makes so much more sense once we found out that that's the fifth grader who taught him how to kiss because... He probably somewhere in the back of his mind doesn't want Steve to get with her because he's been there already and he has jealousy issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And yeah, we see Donna and Kelly talk and Donna has a cell phone now. Yeah. all I wrote down. Good for her. She's still apparently hung up on David. Um and she's like she said something weird. Well, she doesn't say it weird. Kelly was weird because Donna's like, well, do you think he's still hung up with me? And Kelly, after just saying it's totally normal to be hung up on the person that you it was your first real love, it's like, Donna, I don't know. I'm like, you just told her it's like to be expected that she'd be hung up on him. So why can't you just be like, yeah, he probably still is hung up on anyway. But then she gets distracted because she says the phone's cutting out because she's outside. So she's going to call her back inside. And then that's when she sees Dylan on the watchtower or whatever it is. Which is like, why didn't she just go inside? Why did she have to hang up the phone and then call back? I know. Yeah. That was just a weird. They just had to figure out a way to make Kelly feel weird being outside and then see Dylan on a shrimp and boat. Yeah. And then... <laughs> We go to the Jack and Jill bathroom with Valerie and Brandon and like twin it, talk. Right. I was like, it's kind of like a twin talk, but it's really not a twin yeah. talk. And then 
you know, they make some comments about Brenda and Valerie's still doing her like sweet girl next door thing. And then we find out that she's the first girl that Brandon ever kissed. And then he goes to leave so that she can use the bathroom. But then she puts her little toothbrush back in the toothbrush holder, grabs her uh, illicit substances box. Yeah. And then goes back in to Brenda's bedroom to make a long distance call. Yeah. And is like rolling a joint on the phone, which the only thing I know about this is that that's not actually her hands because Tiffany Amber Thiessen didn't know how to roll a joint. Nuh-uh. That's like well-known trivia about this episode apparently. What do you mean didn't know? They could have taught her in two minutes. Right? <laughs> no, apparently <laughs> there was... hands were those? <laughs> it was like some extra or something. Apparently it was this whole thing of like <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen is like a good girl. She doesn't know how to roll a joint. We're not going to teach her how to roll a joint. Oh my god. That's the most adorable thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and also I want to know who the extra is and if they requested to not be credited so they don't get in trouble. Oh. <laughs> Which it also seems so funny to me that this episode like her smoking pot is like the bad thing and yeah. like pot is legal and has been legal in California for so long. Right. It's just funny to me. Well, I also just love that she called um everybody there avocado heads. I like literally all of my quotes for this week are in this one thing where she's just talking, she's like, they're so into being from LA. They've gotta be the straightest human beings on the planet, which like with all the drama that has happened in these last four seasons with these characters, when she said that, I was like, yeah, I guess really everything they did was just, like, them. Like, yes. Other than Brandon's DUI and Brenda getting arrested by the FBI. <laughs> like, <laughs> which got dropped so fast. So fast. But, like, other than that, they really don't do bad things. Well, and they do appear very square. Yeah. They do. It just occurred to me, like... That Brenda left the country while trying, while also presumably helping the FBI with this case against these animal rights activists. Because they drop everything. They don't know how to continue a story after it actually happens. No. They don't. Like, yeah, did she have to, like, tell the FBI, like, hey, I'm leaving now. Like, if you need me, here's my long distance number. Right? Like, I'll call you collect. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so this is how they reveal to us that while appearances of Valerie are very, like, straight-laced and just like them, but not like the girls, like, she's a different girl, nah, she a bad girl. Yeah, I feel like they do that whole thing of, like, she's from Buffalo, like, she's supposed to be some, like, sweetheart, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. I guess there's this idea that, like, everyone from not big cities, like, LA, New York, all that kind of stuff are, like good people like it's the same thing with the Walsh's having the midwestern values yeah I mean I'm still even thinking of how Jen Lindley is kind of like this too because she was the girl from New York they always do this they're like oh my god they're from New York they're from LA yep like oh my god and she says it she's like they're so into being from LA Mm -hmm. like get over yourselves yep and then yeah it ends with her lighting the joint and being like I'll just put on a happy face and dance I think y'all are gonna hate her but like also love her but also like really hate her like she comes into this and does a lot of bad things the thing is like when it comes to like a Valerie or a Claire or you know something like that I am which also Claire has to come back yeah where's Claire and so like a a Claire and a Valerie at the same time like my head might explode (laughs) um but like I feel like you need that Because she, you know, her whole, they've got to be the straightest human beings on the planet. Like, that's true. They have, like, 
exhausted all of the like good kid problems that these kids could have and like they keep putting all the bad kid stuff on Steve and then just ignoring it and like that's not how the world works so I think you do need a villain character to do the bad kid stuff well and to that point like I think at this point they've established that none of the core kids are gonna turn bad right like if it's kind of like how in Gossip Girl, I don't know if you guys watch Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. how Lil J becomes bad because like Taylor Momsen in real life kind of got like really edgy and dark. But it's like they did it with enough, they didn't wait too long to make her the bad girl. But now it's like we're in season five. We've already established who these characters are. So for one of them to turn bad, it would have to be something pretty catastrophic. Like, Like, what's happening to Dylan? Like, he could turn bad right now. Exactly. Like, with David, they literally had him take crystal meth, but yet he's still a good boy. Yeah, he got an A-, (laughs) got off of academic probation, and is taking care of his shit. Yep. So it's like they have to bring in an outside person to be bad. They literally cannot help themselves. Yeah. They can't let these people turn dark. Like, I'm literally (laughs) thinking of the episode where Donna smoked one cigarette. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, Yeah. They can't do it. They can't do it. It's not in their nature. Like, I feel like Larry Mullen and Charles Rosen were, like, writing this episode being like, we, we've we done it. We've made the bad one. <laughs> oh, um, man. But, yeah, I mean, like Larry said, all of my quotes from this week were literally in that end scene. So my quote of the week is literally just Valerie Malone. I'll just put on a happy face and dance. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's a good one. What you got, Mary? I wrote <laughs> one quote. Okay. I wish you weren't so sexy. Kelly Taylor to Brandon <laughs> with a goatee. Yeah, gross. That is not my quote. Of the week. <laughs> Only wrote it for irony. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, because he's not. Um. Well, I hate it because my quote of the week is that I don't know about Steve, Steve, I don't know about Steve, but I've never had to fake anything. And I think it was Kelly. Yeah, she said that. She did? Okay. But God, if that didn't make any sense in the context with the fake IDs or whatever it was, was that? Yeah. Yeah, It's gotta be because otherwise I don't know what they would have been talking about that led to her say that. But even then, like, it's so interesting to me that like. They're these good kids who go into a club and don't even try and get drinks when we have seen them go into clubs and get drinks before with fake yeah. IDs. The very first episode had Brenda like penciling in a fake <laughs> birthday. Like banana daiquiri. <laughs> Order a banana daiquiri, you Cowards. little bitches. You avocado head. <laughs> oh. It would have been way funnier if like Valerie had said instead of like they didn't even try to order drinks it's like they're so squared they came to a club with their fake ids and all they ordered was a banana daiquiri (laughs) they drink stupid shit here i want to go home (laughs) i just want a vodka soda yeah give me my g and t right oh no it like it now that we're talking about it it's wild to me that they were like much more normal teenagers yeah in like the first couple seasons and now it really feels like they're like seventh heaven like preacher's kids it does doesn't it wow like they didn't even try and get a drink yeah like not even a water yeah they just walked in said hi to jesse and went to go dance and then Steve was like we're trying to decide if we want to get buffalo wings or not 
forgot they tried to order food. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, at the very end when Valerie is like, I bet Steve gives good credit card. I was like, we literally already had somebody use Steve for his money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like they're trying to set up that it may not be Steve who the one, you know, who's the one that she dupes, but she's going to dupe someone. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll find out next week. What's next week? Next week is season five, episode two, Under the Influence. It is so funny to me that we're now saying episode two now instead of episode 30. I know. Episode 29. (laughs) I'm like, wait, episode two? So we have to assume, I'm not reading the synopsis for once, mostly because the text is too small from here, but (laughs) we have to assume that it's Dylan focused, right? I would think so. Because he's been the one that's drinking when he normally doesn't. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we learn about what happens to him or what happened to him and his money. Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious how they're going to resolve that. And knowing this show, like, next episode, he'll get his money back. Yeah. And be sober again. Yeah. I bet Jim yells at him, though. Oh, for sure. Guaranteed. I am, I am so interested to see how Jim and Cindy stay relevant. Because I do think at some point they leave mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Which, like, only makes sense because Brandon is at the house. And then, like, they serve the purpose of somewhere for Valerie to live in this season. But, like... Yeah, Jim isn't Dylan's money manager anymore. Brenda's not there. Like, I guess Kelly would go over. Like, they're slowly becoming less and less relevant. Right. Which is awful because I just need Cindy to do everything. (laughs) Like, I miss gardening, recycling Cindy. I miss that too. I do need more Carol Potter. So, yeah, Um, I guess I forgot that was her actual name. (laughs) I had to Google it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's uh, what we'll find out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast You can also send us emails. Let us know if you have any thoughts about our new girl, Valerie Malone. Um, if you miss or don't miss Brenda, I'm actually curious like where our listeners fall on this because I know – Based on some of, like, the Facebook groups I'm in and stuff for Beverly Hills, it's, like, most people were happy she was gone. Yeah. So, it's wild to me. So, I'm just really curious where people fall on this. Um, But I've also heard people like the earlier seasons better than the later seasons. So, it's, like, where are we, guys? But do that. Let us know what you think about that at – send us an email. Back to podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we do actually have some emails that we could talk we about. Do. And I don't remember how far back we need to go. Probably very. All right. So um, number one, like just got to give a big old shout out to my girl, Charlotte, because she um, she keeps listening. She keeps giving us feedback. And I appreciate you, Charlotte. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But you've sent us a bunch of emails. Um so basically, in in a nutshell, there's been a couple of emails where Charlotte gives us some really good feedback about our style, um, about what we do on the show. Oh, thank you. So it made me very, very happy. She even points out that we're doing more research. <laughs> Guys, we have learned. I Googled a whole thing this episode. <laughs> well, actually, two, because I had to Google Carol Potter's name because I forgot it. Well, hey, at least we did the research. Um. Yeah, she tells us that we've given her a lot of laughs, some out loud laugh moments, which is great. General, our, generally our anti-Brandon stance. 
Um, but then anytime we talk about Gilmore Girls, which thank you, I'm glad somebody <laughs> likes that because we do it a lot. Um, she also talks about how uh, the Minnesota journey that Brenda took back in early season four just never made sense. Like, um, it just never made sense. She even says that, like, after seeing it the first time and now rewatching it again, it still doesn't make any sense to her as to why they just made her go to Minnesota and then come back. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also have another email from our girl, Kimberly. She also hits us up on Twitter quite a bit, too. Um, and she mentioned that uh, Gabrielle Carteris in season four did get okayed by the producers to, like, have the baby storyline because she was pregnant in real life. But apparently she got pregnant faster than anyone thought. So it changed the timeline and their original plans. She said she was going to give us part two of the spoilers on that. Um, So we're ready. We're ready. Here's your cue. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, Oh, my God, Charlotte, you beautiful human. (laughs) R2 David (laughs) 2. Remember when we did the Star Wars? That was hilarious. Um, What was the other one? The Brandalorian? Yes. Uh, I think that one was from Andrea on Twitter. I think it was. I too. think it was because um, I remember them being like, "I'm sorry." It's like, "Don't be sorry." Don't be sorry. That's amazing. But yeah, Charlotte also mentions way later. I think season seven, Brandon and Steve are talking about a Valerie slash Kelly interaction. Brandon says, "So you told Darth Taylor," <laughs> which like is wild. Thinking how into each other they are right now, right? So, oh my God, does that make Brandon um, Amidala? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Except I already have it in my head that Brandon is Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker because I wouldn't put it past him to become a space fascist for the quote unquote (laughs) greater good. Uh, Yeah, we got Charlotte, girl, keep them coming. I love it so much. She also um, mentioned in the Cuffs and Links episode from season four. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the one where Brenda gets arrested, right? Yeah. Um, She said um, she was really happy that it finally dropped because she was looking forward to it because she knew that we guys, we guys, we would have fun with it. Regarding the casting of the actor who plays Rush Sanders. It's an amazing casting job and likeness, and it turns out to be a perfect job of casting, but you won't find out why until well into college. And it's kind of gross if you think about it too much, but I won't oh, spoil no. any further. So we got something to look forward to, ladies. Oh, I'm so nervous. Um, like in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> the anticipation. She says, you always make us laugh or make me laugh, especially with your on point snarking about Brandon. So glad, Charlotte, that you share our opinions on Brandon. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> um, let's see. Remember, Mary, when you accidentally um, called Kevin Leo? Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know. Or no, not not even Kevin. It was um, Captain. Oh, it was it was Roy Randolph. Captain Roy. <laughs> I don't know where Leo came from. I feel like I just knew it was a three word name or three letter name. And I am a Leo. So <laughs> it was just on the brain. There it is. It's funny. She's like, what pop culture reference am I missing? LOL. <laughs> None. I was just dumb that day. <laughs> but like, same. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, oh, I missed something. Yeah, me too. It went over my head. Mary's too smart for me. She also said that Brenda's French accent was the worst. It's yes. all bad, but her French accent is the worst. Reek. Reek. Accidentally ordered snails. Cow's brains. Reek. The brain from the cow. 
Let let me show you front. I can't. Hi. It's like I can hear myself in my head and I sound like trash. Can you delete all that out? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because we're adding Mary's French accent to our <laughs> options. Yes, please. Right. <laughs> right under Mickey Mouse. But that's all the emails. So um, mostly Charlotte, but also Kimberly. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your feedback. We love it. We will get back to you on your commentary. I promise. I mean, we gave you shout outs like we said we would. Yeah. So we're it was here. just a little bit later. But we wanted to wait until we were in person so that we could all enjoy it together. That's Did true. I mention that we are recording in person? In person. We are, we are in a room together in and it's room. nice. It's a very nice. Yeah, so that's going to explain why this is a two-hour episode about an episode where nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Literally nothing happened. There was a barbecue, and they went to a club, and that was it. That's it. That's it. Um. So I guess I kind of want to, like, <laughs> I printed out articles about Andrea's character getting pregnant a long time ago, and then I was like, I'll just wait and talk. We can talk about these later, and then we never talked about them, and now that she's not pregnant anymore and has a baby – feel like we should talk about them. Okay. So that I don't print them out for nothing. Speaking of research. Um, yeah. So I found just a couple of articles. I think there are more. But there's an article from April 4th, 1994 in the LA Times titled, Andrea's 90210 Defenders Skip Reality. Yeah. It is like pretty scathing. It's like, I applaud the way that the Beverly Hills 90210 family has rallied around Gabrielle Carteris and supported her decision to have a child and keep working. But there is a certain confusion between what's good for an actress, a 30-year-old woman with a well-launched career, and what's good for Andrea Zuckerman, the character she plays on the show, an 18- or 19-year-old girl, girl in her first year at university. The 90210 producers and writers are not parents standing by their teenage daughter who wants to keep her baby after getting pregnant by mistake. Um, and then when I printed this out, apparently I cut off the next sentence. But it's like, having a baby is hard financial, financially, emotionally, physically – Total up the stress of earning or borrowing enough money to pay off tuition, rent, food, and clothing, finding and affording suitable childcare, shopping, cooking, cleaning, and looking after a baby when you're not at school or work, and studying enough hours to get all the high marks required for medical school admission, all in just a few hours of sleep. It becomes evident why scriptwriters Roseanne Welch and Christine Pettit think Zuckerman should be canonized. Mm. Of course, it's possible and eventually desirable to have both a family and career. But the point is that Zuckerman is doing it the hardest way possible. Mm. By making Zuckerman have a baby before she finishes her education, the 90210 team has narrowed, not widened her choices, and made teenage pregnancy appear to be an attractive option. I wish her luck on the le- on the rocky road the 90210 writers have selected for her, but I wouldn't want my daughter to follow in her example. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> If Zuckerman is a modern, intelligent woman, then I'd like to – it gets cut off. Isn't she aware of birth control? Hasn't she considered that her partner may be HIV positive, or have they both been tested? Yeah. Wild. They literally have her go get tested, though. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, my stomach hurts. I think I have AIDS. And they were like, no, you have a baby. (laughs) Right? And That's not AIDS. That's a baby. Yeah, I guess the writers had written something that this person was responding to that I couldn't find – but it says, they assure us that they are not anti-men as though that were relevant to this debate. I am left to assume Welsh and Pettit consider anti-men to insist that a man take some responsibility for birth control. Andrea is hardly a modern young woman. She is the same young woman we've been fed for years. One who is victimized by her own passivity, unable to demand her partner use protection, and yet not willing to take responsibility for it herself. 
They um, literally said that they've used protection every time except one time, and it they didn't frame it in a way that was like, you didn't let me tell you to wear a condom on your wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it says, Carteris and Charles Rosen have rationalized Zuckerman's pregnancy to avoid the economic and creative problems that Carteris's real-life po- pregnancy poses, which, like, no, she can carry stuff, like shoot her from yeah. the neck up. Like, it can be done. Yeah, it's been done several uh, times. Yeah, they throw around such words as choice when explaining why the TV character is keeping her child. Statistics show that single mothers don't have choices. They end up living in poverty. Yikes. Right? This is like, oh, ma'am, you should not like, have written those this. Those are some opinions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, entitled to them, of course. Yeah, and so uh, Gabrielle Carteris, that was in, I should have done this in the other direction, that was in response to an article that Gabrielle Carteris wrote called On Andrea and Motherhood. And uh, it says Andrea has not dropped out of school, rather she's chosen to continue her education while realizing the difficult road she's chosen by keeping her child. Intellect does not define one's sexual desire and perfection is an impossibility. However, through life's many roads, some better than others, one hopefully chooses to be the best they possibly can. That was, that was like, yeah, I, that was all, all of that was for that. I was like, yeah, she wrote like just like three paragraphs. It's a pretty short response to something else. Like apparently this caused a tizzy in the world because it was like, she was writing in response to that. The other one I read was in response to other things that writers had written and things that Charles Rosen had said, things that Andre or Gabrielle Carteris had said. And like, wow. wow. And, like, I do think that the, you know, her getting pregnant storyline, the writers don't really know what they're doing with it. But, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think these things. No. I don't think. Maybe I'm just naive, but I didn't think there was any, like, malicious intent here. Yeah. And just, like, one thing from that first article, like, I would never accuse 90210 of being anti-man. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my gosh. Not even a little. Mm Mm-mm. That's okay. Yeah. All right. That's I don't know. Thing. Like, I have very few opinions, I think, on the – well, that's not true. I have a lot of opinions on <laughs> the everything, but, like, I don't even – like, I can't even finish my thought. Like, I don't even know what I want to say, so never mind. I guess it's just, like, I didn't care that much. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, I she got think, pregnant. I don't think they did – Andrea's character, I guess, a disservice is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was writing that character, I don't think I would have had things turn out the way they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think, I think that's just like a plot thing, not mm-hmm. a you're doing a bad thing to this character and I don't like it thing. Yeah. Like, they gave Andrea a really good supportive man. Yeah. yeah. And. Like, that's a really strong relationship. And I like her and Jesse. I like them together. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jesse is perfect, but nobody is. So sure. it's fine. Well, and that's what, like, Gabrielle Carteris even said, like, perfection is an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're not going to have a perfect relationship. Yeah, they messed up their birth control one time and then she got pregnant. Like, that but- happens, though. That it really does. Like, yeah. you cannot mess up your birth control and still get pregnant. Right. Well, and, like, it sounds like in that first article I read that this woman was expecting 
Gabrielle Carteris, who is 30, to go to the producers and be like, I want to get pregnant. I'm ready to start my family. And them tell her no. Right. Like, that's terrible. That's literally one of the things that's coming out about how Joss Whedon is a trash human being. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, Charisma Carpenter went to him, told him that she was pregnant, and he asked if she was keeping it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which would you rather have here? Let's be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's very, I think it's very interesting to read reactions to the show when it originally happened. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, you know, we read about how people think Donna should have just gotten over herself and had sex with David because David deserved it. Mm -hmm. And, like, (laughs) how dare Andrea get pregnant? Like, I don't know. It's very interesting. It's wild. It's wild. But hey, that's why it exists, right? To have commentary and all sorts of different opinions, and that's why we do the podcast. That's exactly why we do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That other line you said in that article about, like, them portraying the choice to keep your baby as a choice. Like, it literally is one of the options, (laughs) and she chose it. Don't get mad. Yeah. Like... Oh my god. No, it sounds like this the writer of the first one I read like wanted to have her cake and eat it too. Like yeah. she wanted Gabrielle Carteris to feel free to have a baby. Right. But she didn't want Andrea Zuckerman to feel free to have a baby. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean hmm. Yeah. Guess what, guys? It's season five. We do research now. Yeah. And you get to hear all about it. Yeah. And you'll hear it all again next week when we talk about episode two so from all of us at back to podcast i'm that really loud burp that came out of that baby (laughs) i'm dylan on a shrimping boat and i forgot we do this bye (laughs) bye see ya